Welcome, welcome back to Break Free, Stay Free. Today we've got Lisa Alexander, who is, um, she has just become one of my favorite people. I absolutely love this girl. She has done so much for the community in terms of domestic abuse and domestic violence recovery and healing. And she helps thousands of people, men and women, all across the globe to recognize the signs of domestic abuse, heal, band together and lift each other up. And uh, she just got so much great stuff to share with us today. So listen up. If you are in a domestic abuse or domestic violence uh, relationship or have been in one in the past, or you know someone, or you think you're in one, um, you need to listen. So uh, stay tuned and um, just open up your ears and open up your heart. Do you feel trapped in your own life? Join me on my journey weekly in my Freedom Project for ways to break free from the toxicity that holds you back in your life and discover how to stay free so you can shatter fears and walls to be the most authentic you. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Um, so today we have Executive Director of the Stand Up Survivor, Lisa Nicole uh, Alexander, and she is also a domestic violence speaker and trainer. So welcome so much, Lisa. I'm so glad Thank you're you. on with us. Me too. Thanks for having me, Lorianne. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So Lisa is actually, um, I've become really good friends with her and I just can't wait for our um, our conversation today. Yay. So um so yeah, so today on Break Free, Stay Free, we are kind of shifting gears from what we've been talking about. We've been talking a lot about just kind of um, toxicity in um, in our lives and, and ways that toxicity can kind of hide mm. in nooks and crannies and we don't really realize it. But we're going to get kind of bold today, right? Um, we're going to get bold and we're going to get really serious because this is something that's really close to you and me both. Yeah. Lisa, yeah. right? yep. um, so uh, as I mentioned, she is the executive director of Stand Up Survivor. Um, Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about what Stand Up Survivor is and, and what you do? Yeah, well, it's an organization um, that focuses on working with survivors of domestic violence, as well as educating the community um, globally on domestic violence and what it is um, and unhealthy relationships and things like that. So yeah. that's kind of what our focus is. Yeah. And I know you've helped me so much. Like just, I started Aww. following you when I first got out of my domestic violence relationship. And um, I think it was like, like a year and a half later is when I actually wow. made contact with you directly. So awesome. I've been following you for a while Yay. and your posts are just very inspirational and um, just everything that you're doing. I know that you're helping so many Thank people. You. you have a pretty big following too. Yeah, so. I've, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's been a lot of work, but it's worth it because I realized that we're saving lives, Lorietta. So every moment, exactly. no matter how busy or how exhausting, it's worth it. It's worth it every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, um, so we're talking about domestic violence mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. So can you basically just tell us what would you call 
an abusive relationship. Well, I know just in general, I, I know you mentioned you guys have been talking about toxicity. And of course, one of the most toxic relationships that you can ever have is an abusive one. Now, all abusive relationships, all toxic relationships aren't abusive. But to be specific about abusive relationships, um, it's when it's about power control. It's when the, per the person that you are with is trying to control what you do, where you go, how you dress. I mean, there, there's different types of domestic violence. So there's physical, there's emotional, there's sexual, there's spiritual, there's psychological, um, there's, there's financial. Um, oftentimes people think of domestic violence, of course, you know, Lorianna, just the black eyes or, you know, the broken um, bones or bruises, but it's so much more than that. Um, and that's kind of our goal is to make sure that we educate on what domestic violence looks like. Because for myself, even when I was in it, I didn't realize I was in it. You know, exactly. I had no clue. I, I wouldn't even have put the word abuse on it. Like it wasn't even a thing. Um, and so education is one of the biggest components to changing domestic violence. So to answer your question, it's about power and control um, and whether it's verbal, physical, emotional, sexual, financial. It's the other partner trying to have power and control over the, their partner. Yeah. So like, you know, examples, um, even just small examples. I, so somebody uh, showed me a TikTok this morning of um, a girl that was in a, a narcissistic relationship and mm -hmm. she's talking about sleep, sleep deprivation. And I know one, um, one very small thing with mine, a friend of mine was like, this reminds me of the, the water bottles with you, how he would crush water bottles in my ear mm. to keep me from sleeping, you know, stuff like that, yeah. that you wouldn't even, that you wouldn't even know. No, that you wouldn't even um, think or categorize as abuse. And I'm sure with the bottle yeah. waters for you, you didn't think, oh my goodness, this is abusive. Like, you know, and mine, he used to, he used to be rage and be upset at nighttime, you know, be throwing things, breaking things, wouldn't let me go to sleep. You know, it was just torture at night, but is that abuse? Like you wouldn't know that it's abuse, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, so one of the things that I wanted to kind of touch on was like, how can, how can being in an abusive relationship affect your health? Mm. Cause that's one thing that we talk a lot about, you know, with toxicity being kind of hidden in, in your nooks and crannies of yeah. your life and, and with an abusive relationship being so toxic, what does that even look like for our health? How can that bring us down in so many ways? Well, I think it's a really good question because oftentimes, and I know I can speak for myself and so many survivors where um, you can feel the effects of the abuse so much later on. You may not feel yeah. it in the moment because you're so busy in the height, the, the height of it the fight or flight mode, and then your adrenaline is rushing and your goal is survival, especially if you have children. It's not just survival for yourself, but the children too. Um, and so your goal is to just make sure that you survive that moment um, yes. until the next moment. Um, and so we don't realize, I kind of describe it, Loriana, like, you know, when you go to the grocery store and you put like all the groceries on there and then all of a sudden it starts to like back up and stuff starts getting pushed back. That's kind of like how I describe it. When you don't take care of yourself and you've been going through trauma after trauma, your body at some point is going to shut down. Um, it's going to freeze up and you are going to physically feel it. Um, oftentimes I talk to survivors who are just exhausted, like they've come out of it and they're just exhausted. They're upset with themselves yes. because they're sleeping and they, they, they don't, they don't want to get out of the bed. You're exhausted. Um, and physically mm -hmm. our health, physically, mentally, emotionally takes a toll uh, big time because of domestic yeah. abuse. It does. 
Yeah. And then there's, you know, things that we do, like we feed, we feed that mm-hmm. literally, you know, it's very common to either overeat or undereat yeah, so true. because of, because of just trying to cope. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are the night? What are some some ways that we kind of cope? Yeah. With it. Well, that- I'm glad you said that because that's something that I don't talk about often. Just doesn't come up a lot. So I'm really glad that you did bring it up. But I remember, like for myself, I was I've, I've I love food. I mean, who doesn't love food? But I've I've always been <laughs> I've always been like an emotional eater. So happy, sad, lonely. I'm gonna eat, you know. And so for me, it was just. I remember just being so sad, and I couldn't control anything else, but I could control my food, and so yes. I ate. You know, and I remember this one distinct time. It was it was around New Year's because we were supposed to go to church and instead he broke the TV, the lamps, like every it was like crazy. And then he looked at me and said, Let's go, let's go to church. I was thinking, Are you nuts? Um, but anyway, I remember I just went to the store, I got all this food, junk food, all kind of stuff, put it on the and I just remember the table just being so full of crap. Yeah. And just having enjoying it because that was the only thing that I could control. So oftentimes it can go one extreme to the other. You don't eat at all. Um, where you just can't even begin to stomach anything or you eat to comfort yourself. And that's just a physical aspect. Um, we find ourselves not physically taking care of ourselves the way we would. You know, Lorianna, so many women that I talk to, they're like, I, I don't even comb my hair anymore. I, I don't look like, I looked so much better before I met this person. You I know? was just about to ask you, like, mm-hmm. how often do you, and because I've seen it too, the before and the after pictures. Yeah, yeah. striking. Tell us. Like, what do you see? It's, it's just so interesting. Just like you said, like before, it's like I was this amazing, bright person. And of course, abusers are attracted to this light. They're attracted to this, to this amazing person. That's what draws them in. And then their goal is like, wait a minute. I know you used to wear makeup, but I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to dress like that. I don't want you to do your hair like that. So it slowly chips away at the person you were. So you become a blank canvas for, that they get to control and, and draw on and decide what you are and who you are. And then at the end of it, you look, who am I? You literally don't recognize yourself. And one of the greatest parts, things about what I I do is that I get to see them rebuild themselves slowly, but surely find their smiles, find their, you know, whatever brings them joy. Yeah. And you can see it all over someone's face too. Like I was saying with the before and the after pictures, they are so distinct. Mm -hmm. They are so distinct. So often like uh, like on your page with Stand Up Survivor, we get a lot of the before and after pictures of yeah. um, in the life after abuse is mm-hmm. you see you know, that just even wrinkles almost seem to go away. I guess because yeah. we fill out, we, yeah. we start to eat or, or we eat healthier and it's almost like wrinkles go away and, and spots will disappear. Mm-hmm. And and because and in, in just this, the our eyes change, like they go from being dull to being bright mm-hmm. again. Um, so, I mean, our so physical true. appearance even changes, mm-hmm. you know, our physical and appearance. So like our physical oh, sorry. I was gonna say, it's like a reflection of our, no, you're probably going to say our surrounding. Say. Yeah, it is. It's a reflection <laughs> of our surrounding. And as we begin yeah. to come back to life, we begin to resuscitate. We get the color back in our skin. We start to love ourselves yeah. again because an abuser's goal, any, the toxic relationship, their goal is not for you to thrive. You know, it's not for you to thrive at all. They want you to be a, a blank canvas so they can manipulate and kind of control you like a puppet. And so once you start to become resuscitated and come back into yourself, it's, it's just an amazing thing um, to watch happen, you know? Yeah. And I encourage people too, Lorian, to take their time to, to, to get back to themselves. If you're coming out of a toxic relationship, something unhealthy, um, in toxic relationships, let me just say, can be you can have a toxic relationship with your parents, just siblings, friends. It's not just you know a dating or a marriage relationship. 
Um, a, a toxic relationship will drain you. It's like a suction. It'll take the very life and breath out of you. Um, and it's so important to recognize those relationships before you get too deep into them. It's like um, it's like the the difference to me between a toxic relationship and an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. A toxic relationship to me it would be, and correct me if you think I like if you have a different opinion, but I feel it's more like they're in it all for themselves. Like when mm. when someone when either one or both people are in it because they want to get something out, so they take and they take and they take and they take. Mm-hmm. It's not really about power and control. Right. It's about it's about this is my I'm in it. What can I get out of it? And so they just take and they like you said they drain you. Yeah. And it can be both people. It can be both people. Yeah, I, I agree with when, that. I agree with that. Yeah, and so that too can create those very same. Mm physical emotional psychological symptoms where it's just it's draining it's you can get so sick yeah yeah so sick anything toxic can can make you sick Mm -hmm. so then you have like the 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 big gem you've got the the abusive relationship which is like the big dog of toxic relationships like literally step further yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that this is about the power and the control so how do we recognize if our relationship is abusive apart from just what is it, but how can we recognize yeah. um, some very distinct ways? Yeah. Well, I think those are like what we call like red flags and they don't always have to be because everything is not a red flag. One could be an orange flag or something that just doesn't look right. You know, and I think that yeah. God has given women this great um, a gift of intuition where we can sense yeah. something is not right, but we always don't follow up because we're passionate and we're loving and we want to help people and we love people, but we miss out on the, you know, well, why do they talk to me like that? Or look how they treated the waiter. Or so it's, it's, it's things that make you feel uncomfortable or they may accuse you of something or, they, or they're showing up where you are or um, they, they try to isolate you. Isolation is a big red flag or let, let's just move out of town or out of state to like start over. You're really too close to your family. I don't really like it. We really should start over. Um, people that are trying to control you, um, checking your emails and phone calls before you ever get a chance, not wanting you to have friends or family around. Um, you know, it's, it's, this is going to sound really, I don't even know what it's going to sound like, but you would be surprised how many, um, like they'll pinch you or they'll bite you and they said that they're playing or they'll push you. I mean, and this is this is just starting with the physical stuff. Well, it's nothing. No, you know, but they're biting don't you. Be so sensitive. Don't yeah, be so sensitive. Yeah, don't be. Yeah, don't be so sensitive. Look, I see you're always so sensitive, taking everything so seriously. I was just joking. Well, if you're joking and it hurts my feelings, that's a problem. And I think oftentimes we might want to brush it off as being nothing, but it is something, and we have to acknowledge what it is. This is the thing I think, Lorian, is we we become as as women and people okay with ourselves, know what our boundary lines are. If you cross that, whoever you are, it's up to me to say, hey, that's not okay, and I don't like it. Um, but if we if we start to say uh, well, they didn't really mean it, or maybe I was just being too sensitive, or I need to grow up a little bit, then we start downing ourselves in order to accommodate that person. Um, and so some of the red flags are just recognizing the way that they treat people, isolating you, the way that they talk to you. Do they overstep their boundaries? Do they do things you specifically ask them not to do? Like I was talking to one survivor, she's like, I like to be called by my name. But they would always call me something else. But I just keep asking you to call me by my name. And you would think that's really simple, but they obviously don't respect that boundary line that you put in place. Don't you don't even call me by my name. There's little things like that that we overlook. It's over time, but should be nipped in the bud immediately. Because what happens, um, it starts to to increase. Yeah. 
Yeah, slowly but surely it builds on itself. Yeah. Until one day you wake up and it's like, how did I even get here? How? And and then there's that tipping point. And by that point, you don't even know what to do because you're so deep into it. Yeah. Yeah. So deep into it. So confused. You lack self-esteem. You look in the mirror. You don't recognize yourself. You may have children involved. There's just so many different dynamics at that point. And so that's why it's so important to have these conversations that you're having right now. So that if you're listening to this or watching this and you're like, oh, I noticed that in my relationship. Maybe I should do a little more research. Another thing is like, if you have to kind of Google their behavior, that's a problem. You shouldn't have to Google someone's behavior to see if, if it's normal or not. That's you know, a one. that's a yeah. one. because I didn't even know. Um, I don't even remember like at what point I know that in my journals, I wrote the word abuse, um, but it never stuck with me in my mm. head. I never really owned it, but I, I know that when I look back at my, at my journals from over the years, over the 10 years, there was the word abuse was used a lot, in mm. my own words, but I never classified it as an abusive. Wow. That's interesting. And then, so when I finally got to my snapping point, I, um, I think it was something on the domestic violence shelter website or, or national domestic violence. I don't know, but it was a checklist mm-hmm. of, of behaviors mm-hmm. and I started checking them off. I'm like, Oh my word. Wow. Like, I had no idea that wow. this was abuse. I had no idea that this was that. And so then I started Googling. Uh huh. Uh huh. I started Googling and I, and I found myself. Wow. And I found my story in other people's words. And I was just, I was just floored and astonished mm. that I wasn't the only yeah. one. Um, I, I think one of the crazy things about what you're saying that. is that we think we're so alone. Like you probably thought, I'm the only person going through this. What is, you know. To come to find out, no one would understand. understand. It's just me. It must be me. He told me it was me or whatever. And it's so wrong. And if we have conversations like this, if we have someone who is going to listen to this and say, oh, my goodness, that's me. Oh, my goodness. I found myself in this conversation. We have done amazing. You know, we've saved someone's life. You know, I take it that seriously. You know, I'm a little dramatic, but it's true because just like you were able to say, wait a minute, that's me. And you were able to eventually get free from that. I mean. Well, you, so you just Huge. said you're a little dramatic, but, but it's not because it's that serious because it may not take mm. someone's physical life, but it does take everything about their life. And yeah. you never know because sometimes, and you know this, mm-hmm. sometimes all it takes is the first physical event to end your life. That's it. You know that. That's it. And I wish people understood that. Oh, well, the, you know, like, oh, the neighbors, they look so nice. I can't believe he killed their whole family. They were just the most beautiful family, yeah. right? We had no idea what was going on behind closed doors. You had no, you had no idea. And I talked to a mother one time who the first time her daughter um, was abused, physically abused by her boyfriend was the day he killed her. You know, so we, we can't take it for granted to think that, you know, we think we know what's going on. We, we don't. Yeah. We don't. And like you said, too, even physical, psychological abuse, emotional abuse, they can drive you crazy and control you without putting a finger on you. You know, it's the biggest misconception to think physical abuse is all there is. I have seen firsthand um, several emotionally, psychologically abusive relationships where the woman, she's, I mean, she has absolutely zero intentions of leaving. This is just her life. Mm. This is just, this is just the way he is. And this is just, you know, and you know what, if she wants to stay, 
you know, I, I don't know what to say, but I've watched, I have watched such painful relationships mm. play out and she just accepts that this is her life. Yeah, yeah. She just accepts that this is, this is the hand that God dealt her. This is the man that she was given to marry. And this, that's so hard. That's what I thought. Too. Yeah. That's hard, Lauren. Yeah. That's hard because I think yeah. we're both looking at each other like, this is just not true. You know, yeah. it's just not true. Yeah. You weren't you weren't get dealt this terrible hand that you have to live with this abusive partner forever. It's just not the case. I'm sorry. It's just not the case. So what would what would you say to someone who is kind of recognizing um, or is or it's resonating what we're talking about mm -hmm. and it's clicking? What would you say would be um, maybe some first steps to finding freedom mm -hmm. from this, what are the very first steps? So if you just are realizing that you're in an abusive relationship, what's the next step? Well, I would say definitely have a conversation with someone, you know, um, talk to someone, call, contact Loriana, contact Stand Up Survivor, look on the National Domestic Violence Hotline, um, give them a call, look on the website. You know, for myself at first, when I started recognizing, I, I called the local domestic violence shelter and I asked a question, like, then I hung up. And then I call back because I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't making these things up. And that's okay. And one of the, what, one thing I, I made sure when I started Sam Survivor was to implement, even if someone is not ready to go, we are going to walk with them. Because there's going to be a day, hopefully, that they are ready to go and we want to be there for them when they are. Because I wasn't ready to go. I loved my husband. I was not leaving him. You know, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy. And so I would say to anyone who's listening or watching, it's possible that you may be in an abusive relationship and how you can find out is getting in contact with someone who can help you Google it. Like some of the other uh, resources that I just shared myself, Loriana, we're definitely willing to sit with you and kind of journey with you to, to figure out if you're in an abusive relationship and there's no judgment. If you decide to stay, that's okay. We'll still support you, but we want you to know the truth of what life can be like. And you were not created to live in an abusive relationship. And that's so powerful because like I said, I, I, I've heard, I said it myself. I have heard other people say, you know, this is, this is just my life. Yeah. Those words, yeah. those words, yeah. I hear it. And I, and I said them, this is just my life. Um, but you know, if I can, so, if I can say something about that really quickly, because this month in Santa Survivor, we're doing a love after, and you know, we yeah. featured your love after story. And for me, the day that I left my abusive marriage was I was watching a YouTube video similar to like what we're doing right now. And this lady came on and she talks about how she was in an abusive relationship that she had gotten out and that she was remarried and like had this whole life. Lord, I had never heard that before. I, I never thought for myself that there could be life after like what I was living. Like you, this is my hand. This is what I'm living. I married him. I have two children. This is it. Not realizing. And so that night that I watched that woman on YouTube, that's the night I packed my children up, left a note and left my, my marriage, you know? And it was difficult. It was, one, it was the hardest decision that I've made to date. But the truth is I, would, I don't change it for a moment. And that's why for, for me, sharing love after stories is the goal of giving people hope. When I see the love in your eyes and the, bright, you know, the brightness in your eyes and, and mind, we know because we've lived in hell before, we know what that looks like, but we also know that there's another side of that. So if you're hearing, like if Lorian, I thought it was really, really important what you just said, that if someone is listening and they find themselves saying, this is my plight, this is my hand I've been dealt, I want you to know that that's not true. Um, it, it may be your journey right now, but it's not your story right now, but it doesn't have to be the way your story is at all. Yeah, at it, all. Is, it is not the end of the story. There is no. Let's talk about that for a second. I have I, I do want to touch um touch on something else, but it is possible to heal. Yes. It is possible to be happy after. It is. Um 
I, I don't, what's a, what's a good way to ask this? You know, what, how, mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to say it is how, yeah. Yeah. How can you be happy and, and heal afterwards? Yeah. I think one of the most difficult things to do is have a conversation of honesty with yourself. Yeah. It, it, it not, the abuse is not your fault. It's never your fault. It's never going to be your fault. You know, and you, let me just tell you, I'm just gonna put it out there, of course, on your podcast, right? Is that whole like healing, um, the abuse wasn't your fault, but healing is your responsibility. I feel like it puts something else on top of the survivor. Like the healing is yours to take, but it's your, it's your, it's your journey. No one can decide when and how you should heal. Exactly. Just know that healing is possible. Exactly. That's it doesn't like grief because it is a yeah. death of yeah. what you were living. It is oh my a goodness. Death. Yes. It, it's a death of what you wanted. It's a death yeah. of what you thought you were going to be. It's a yeah. death of, of what you wished could have happened. You, it, so it, it is a death. It's literally like a death. Yes. It is. That's and how I describe it. Believe. Yeah. yeah. So no one says, oh, my goodness, you lost your partner, your spouse, your child. Aren't you over it yet? No. Whoa. Let them grieve in their own timing and let it happen how they decide to do it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like so I had a I had a therapist tell me one time she looked at me. And she's like, there's probably a little bit of sadness. And I'm thinking, no, <laughs> I'm glad to be yeah. But when I really got down to think about it, yes, the, the sadness wasn't about losing my partner at mm. all. I had no problem losing him. The sadness was the fact that now I had something I never wanted, which was divorce. Yes. I never wanted to be divorced. Yes. It wasn't that I didn't want to be divorced from yes. him. I didn't want to be a divorced person. Yes, yes. I didn't. I get that. I didn't want to have to start over. I didn't want to have to do this, do that. I didn't, I didn't, this wasn't the dream of my life that I wanted. So it was a death of the path that I thought that I was going to take. That's, and that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel the same way too. Yeah. Do you feel like that keeps people there? Absolutely. Of course. I mean, as a Christian for my faith, it was God hates divorce. It wasn't, well, if you're being abused, you leave. No, it was God hates divorce. That was it. And then I realized that God loves me more than he hated divorce. And he didn't create me to live in this. And so it really freed me to leave the relationship. And he had, I mean, the, the love and the peace and the healing that I've experienced is like none other. So I literally live my life turning around to go back and pull people out of abuse because I realized that if they could just for a second get a glimpse of what it looks like on the other side, they may be willing to go. And it's so funny, you know, and it's, it's terrifying to leave because like you said, oh my gosh, I literally, and I call it this, Lorianne, I'm so glad you said that it's a death of a dream, a death of a goal. I'm now divorced. This whole stigma thing comes with that. But you know what? The life that my children have now, they're able to see a healthy relationship. That's a gift that I get to give them. Which is a perfect segue because my next question was about the kids. Yes. That was the my very next question was when you're in this type of relationship, it's not only toxic for ourselves, but it's mm-hmm. a, it's toxic for our entire families, including our children, especially Absolutely. our children. So can we talk about that for a of second? Of course. We're mothers. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> I know for me. You know, I wanted my kids to, I, I had to hide it, but he would try and he would, he would fight with me in front of them. And it was very, it was one of those very, I wasn't, he knew I wasn't going to bite back. Mm-hmm. I was just going to sit there and take it. So I basically just got all the rocks thrown on top mm-hmm. of me in front of the kids. They have blocked it out. They really don't remember any of that, but had it continued, 
what do the kids see? Yeah. What is it yeah. saying to them? Yeah. So let's talk about the toxicity just in the whole. Yeah, so important. Yeah, kids are like sponges. Kids are sponges. You know, they do what we do, not what we say. We can't say, hey, don't do this, but don't smoke cigarettes. I'm over here smoking a cigarette. Don't talk to your your mother like that, but I'm talking to her like that. You don't put your hands on women, but I'm getting so there's so many there's so many dynamics and the kids are there soaking it up. They're soaking it up. And so it's so important that we reflect the home that we would like to have for our children. Keep in mind, Lorianne, I didn't grow up in a home with abuse. My, my parents have been married like 50 something years this year, and I never grew up seeing it. You're, yeah, your parent, I know, I love your story about you. Yeah, you love your daddy so much and your family. And having a home like that, and then you go to that, it's so confusing because, like, I didn't see this. Is this normal? What's going on? And so our children need to experience a healthy home, you know, and understand that you think that children, don't see the abuse. They do. If they don't see it, they hear it. If they don't hear it, they see mom or dad wiping their tears, wiping their face, picking feel up it. broken pieces of glass. They, it's an energy that you can feel around you and the kids feel it. And we are under, I was even under the misconception that, oh, well, they're so young. They, no, kids understand and they soak it up and they deserve to live in a healthy environment because the thing is, otherwise the cycle repeats itself. The toxicity of the cycle repeats itself. Yes. I remember I had, I had people telling me, you know, your kids are watching. And, and at the time before I was ready to leave, I, I didn't understand it. I, I didn't mm. agree. I didn't agree because I thought that it was hidden from them. Mm. And I had people actually, I had, I had one friend actually get downright angry with me wow. that I was still there because of the kids. And she's like, you know, you're teaching your kids to, you know, that this is normal. And I'm like, but they yeah. didn't even see it. Yeah. That, that was my yeah. was they don't even see yeah. it and it, it wasn't until I really took a step back and I had you know one daughter asked me you know mommy why are you crying mm -hmm. again again and, wow yeah, are you okay you know why are y'all fighting what's wrong um and also my response to them too is is we nothing's going on but that you so with um this is actually a next question, but with abuse, we have, a, with abuse, we have a cycle, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, when we're on that rise of tension, the way that we interact with our kids, it, it's, it's a reflection. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they get the brunt of yep. things, whether it's, whether it's the abused or the abuser, mm -hmm. the, the kids get the brunt. End They're on the roller coaster with us. We've got them on their back with us. We think they don't see, they see. Yeah. They see, mommy, why are you crying? So, They're with us. They feel the tension in the home. Yeah. They see daddy or whoever getting upset about them. They see it. They see it. But you know what? I, you know what? To give mothers a little bit, like even for yourself and myself, the grace to understand that we're in an abusive relationship. We'd like, because I'd love to say, I left for my children. That's just not a true statement. I didn't leave for my children. I, I, leave, I left because I realized there was something outside of what I was living. Yeah. You're, you're so... You're so confused, so lost, so down that you'd love to say, you know, oh, I left for my children, but there's just, that's not always the case. Yeah. That's, it's they just not always the case. It. They were part they, of the reason. Are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But, you know, mothers, I think if you're, if you're in an abusive relationship or a toxic relationship and your kids are experiencing it and you didn't leave for them, that's okay. Just understand that you still can. Um, but it's also important to recognize that the children are soaking up what it is that's happening in the home, what it is that you're doing, how you respond to things. You know, like, this is a silly example. My son was like, mom, you know, are you going to get dad breakfast today? Like, it was like Sunday or whatever. I'm like, no. He's like, mom, 
he goes out of his way to feed you every day. You don't even have to cook. My son's 12. He's like, mom, are you serious? Like his, his thought process was like, why wouldn't you do this? He takes such good care of you. You know, and my son is watching this. It's, this is my new marriage. But before my son saw me going through walls and being punched in the face, this is what my kids saw before. So I have given my, my kids the opportunity to see something different. And now their conversations like, mom, are you serious? You know, dad loves you, you know? And, and so it's the complete opposite, you know? And of course I stopped and got the breakfast because how could I not, you know? But cause I, and I, it was so funny cause me and my husband laughed about it. Like our kids are seeing our relationship. What are we showing them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I touched on this a second ago, but um, the cycle, Share with us what the cycle is. Yeah. So there's a cycle of abuse that happens. So there's usually in four segments where everything is going fine. The normal is happening. Then the tension starts to escalate where you're walking on eggshells. Like, you know, something is going to happen soon. Um, so you're doing your best to clean the dishes or to be good in the bedroom or to take care of the children. Keep in mind that none of this is going to matter because the, 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 the abuse is um part of the cycle is still going to happen. Um, and so the abuse happens and then whatever outrage happens, whether it's emotional, physical, psychological, the event happens, right? And then they, then the honeymoon stage starts to come around where they apologize, they buy flowers, they may buy gifts. And so everything is okay. And so oftentimes I always say like, when you catch a survivor in that mode where the chaos is happening, sometimes you're more likely for her to actually leave at that point. Because before long, the honeymoon stage comes back up and everything's okay. They said they were sorry. They said they'd never do it again. And then it's just, it goes just like this. And keep in mind, for some people, it doesn't always happen like that. It may skip around. My ex-husband was not buying roses. He barely ever said sorry, if ever. So his, he, he skipped that whole apologetic part, you know, but it was like, you know, I just forgave him and we just kept going. But there is a cycle where it happens. And it's so funny. People always say, oh my goodness, do, do, do like abusers all read the same handbook? I because I, I swear, Mariana, it's the same thing. And that's the thing. So we're saying if we all know that the hand, like obviously this handbook exists somewhere in the world, whatever, <laughs> joking. But if they're all doing the same thing, how come people aren't recognizing the signs? I know. Right. Because if they just don't know enough, just like you and I didn't recognize the signs. So we get in here, we're like, duh, you know, but other people outside of that don't know what the signs look like. I've I've had people tell me before, you know, they'll they'll tell me something that's happened, and I'm like, sweetheart, that is textbook. Mm, and I don't yep. think they like to hear that. I think it is maybe stings because yeah, maybe it feels maybe it feels like they should know that, but yeah, but I want them to, I want them to hear that this this is this is what happens. This is not out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Word. And it's not your you fault know? too. So it may seem like you didn't know that. What? How could I have known? Yeah. And that's why education is so important because, you know, statistically, it starts at in these kids in middle school are getting in domestic abusive relationships. Um, And so it's in toxic, very toxic relationships. And so that we have the education has to come from a young age. Has to. Yeah. And I feel like, too, that's probably when it comes to the age range. Do you think maybe that's like a first step? is just having toxic and maybe, you know, cause you're, you're at school and, and, you know, there's, it seems to me like maybe that might be a first step for some kids. I think, just, it, I think it depends on like the home that they live in, the, the environment they are, um, what they're exposed to, because, you know, Lorena, these kids are exposed to a whole bunch of stuff 
that we didn't have growing up YouTube, cell phones, like no. Um, and so everything is just so different. But I think the lack of education, because even if social media is who they follow, these big stars. And so they need to be hearing from some platform what a, they need to be seen, what a healthy relationship they need to see and be shown what a healthy relationship looks like. Um, and so that's why teen dating violence education is so important. Because if you say that your kid isn't dating, trust me, at some point they are gonna be dating, whether you believe it or not in middle school. So guess, get ready to understand that there's dynamic, 16 to 24 is the highest rate of domestic violence. Yeah. We're talking middle high school all the way up until college. Yeah. So what can a parent do? What can a parent do if they if they start to, and then we're kind of going down a little rabbit hole. Oh, here, that's okay, we like rabbit hole. <laughs> Um, pay attention. Ask questions. Don't your your kids shouldn't have business. And I mean, at some point, you know, they are your business. Be in their business. The world will say, close my door, get out of my room. No, I need to know. My job is to keep you alive and to keep you safe. And this is the thing. This is the number one thing. This is how I'll answer this question. Have the conversation about domestic abuse with your child. Mm -hmm. Have the conversation because if you don't, someone else is going to. And if no, if you're not having the conversation, trust me when I say. They're learning it from somewhere. If they're not learning what they're, they're learning what an unhealthy relationship is, have yeah. the conversation. And you know, like my mom never had the conversation about like the birds and the bees with me, whatever, you know? So it's, it's a conversation that was missed. So if I'm out there and I don't know, so domestic violence is happening and it's a conversation that was missed, who's teaching your child about it? Yeah. As uncomfortable it is, as it's necessary. I went to seek at a middle school and uh, it was sixth, seventh and eighth grade, a little girl after I was done, she's like, I'm so glad you came today, Miss Lisa, because today my boyfriend choked me at lunch today. And I'm like, yeah, he had put her, and I'm like, well, what happened, honey? She's, because I told people that we were dating and he didn't want people to know, sixth grade, sixth grade. Wow. She had no idea. And so, I mean, I, I could tell you so many stories about that, but they just, the kids have no idea. And the majority of them said that they would go back to their partner if they apologized, no matter what they had done to them. Yeah. If they apologize. So we have to have the conversations for them. Yeah. With them. Mm -hmm. That's so scary. And it's... don't tell yourself you're staying for the kids. I'm just sorry I have to go say that. Don't tell yourself you're staying for the kids because kids seeing an unhealthy relationships, it breeds more unhealthy relationships. So yeah. 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 I said I said that. Mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, me too. I didn't want my kids to be raised without their dad and I didn't want to be a single mom and I didn't want to I mean and my ex-mother-in-law, mm -hmm. she said she was so adamant, you know, even after knowing things, even after knowing what had happened, she still was adamant that, um, you know, that uh, I stay for the kids. You know, the kids don't need to be growing up in a broken home. And it's like, um, I'm sorry, but the yeah. home is already broken. Yeah, right. And they don't deserve to live with a broken mom. That's not fair. They deserve a happy, healthy mom. And I, I shared this quote one time that when you went... The mom is being abused. It's the same thing as abusing the children. They don't have to lay a hand on them because they're robbing their 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 childhood of a happy, healthy mom. And I always tell moms, your kids can be as happy and healthy as you are. You get to display for them what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, um, so if somebody's wanting to leave, we have a conversation. Yeah. Or if they're yeah. or if they're just recognizing, they're just recognizing. Um, have the conversation. Okay. They've decided I'm ready to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, what next? Safety plan. 
Safety plan is key. Don't don't say a word. You don't need to say, I can't. You know what? I think you've been abusive to me. Oh, you know what? I'm leaving you. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, sometimes when we start feeling, we're like feeling kind of strong. We're a little educated. We want to say, you know what? Forget you. I'm leaving. You're abusive. Let me tell you something. The most dangerous time, and I, I might sound like a broken record, but the most dangerous time is for is when a survivor decides to leave. It is the most dangerous time for them. And after, even after they have left, it's extremely dangerous. So get with someone, um, an agency that can help you safety plan. Safety plan is key. Everyone's situation is different. If I was to safety plan with myself, I was to safety plan with Loriana, our situations are different. Our spouses are different. The time they go to work is different. Our finances in the bank are different. Our resources are different. Your situation is different than everyone else's. Everyone's So safety planning specifically for your case and your family so that we can work together to help you get out of the situation. Yeah. Um, oftentimes people stay because they don't know what's on the other side, but you know what's inside and that's already hard. So I always encourage, give yourself the chance to see what's on the other side of it. Just Absolutely. give yourself the chance. Absolutely. And take other people's word for it. People who yeah. have been through who've been it. there, who've been there. That's why we're, that's why we're doing this. Why This is why we share our testimony. Yeah. This is why we share our experience and we advocate and do these things this is because it is so hard to picture it when you're, it in is it. so hard. It's, it's impossible. So it yeah. feels so impossible yeah. to imagine something outside of that. But Loriana, you and I are both living witnesses that there is life outside of it. You know, exactly. it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful it's gift. It's amazing. It's a, be- it's a beautiful <laughs> gift. Um, and I think there for myself, is. even I appreciate this love now so much more because I know what the other side looks like. And so I'm just so thankful for it. Yep. Yeah. Well, I am so thankful that you have come and Yay. spoken with us today. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm a fan of yours. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> so um, if people want to follow mm-hmm. you, can you give us some yeah. information on how to follow you and find yes. you and get in touch with you? So time? Facebook is Stand Up Survivor. You'll find us there. Instagram, of course, is Stand Up Survivor as well. Our website, StandUpSurvivor.com. My email address, Lisa at Stand Up Survivor. It's all one word. Um, and you guys can contact us at any time. If you're concerned, if you think you're in an abusive relationship, reach out to us. We will safety plan with you. We'll talk to you or journey with you from where you are to where you want to be. I I promise you that's literally what we do. Um, so yeah. yeah. All right, Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you, Lorraine. I hope you'll come back and we can chat some more again. You already know, of course. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. You too. All right. Bye everybody. 